Well, as I mentioned, this is our homecoming Sunday, so it's a little different than our regular worship service. Uh, this is a day when we, all of our ministry heads get to share what God's put in their hearts and the plans they've made for the ministries that they head up. It's an exciting Sunday. We have some new staff this year that we've never had before. We have uh, Corey. We have uh, Jen Veach. Um, we have uh, children's ministry and worship and outreach covered by, by people full-time, which is really exciting and really in accordance with what we felt God was leading us to do. Uh, so we're gonna, I'm going to invite the ministry heads up one by one to share what God's placed on their heart, and then I'm going to share what God's placed on my heart for the coming year. And first, I'd like to invite Bonnie Koonsman forward. And Bonnie and Jackie are in charge of our women's ministry, and they have really, they've mobilized, man. They got an amazing, amazing stuff they're doing, and she's going to share a little bit with you about that. But thank you so much for the time that you and Jackie and the prayer, uh, prayers that you put into it. It's awesome. Nathan just wanted us to, all the ministry heads, to just get up and share for, uh, just to kind of let you guys know what our vision is for the year. Um, you know, our vision for the women's ministry is is really that, basically, um, that people, that the women of this church would be able to grow closer together and, cro- and closer to the Lord. And um, we... We really want every single lady that walks through the door to feel welcome here and to be able to grow. And we we don't want to have anybody wondering how they can grow or how they can get to know people because we really want to provide enough um, events and activities and programs to bring people in. So we kind of do that in a number of ways. First first of all, we we always pray for you guys. Um, And and second of all, we we do um, events every other month and we, you know, those events, those fellowship events that we do are not supposed to be um, in replace of small groups or cell groups. It's really like an on-ramp. So if you're new to New Life and you want to meet people, that is a great way to get to know people. It's just to come to our events every other month. Um, and also, too, we really want this ministry to be the women's ministry. So it's your ministry. If you're a woman, it's your ministry. So if, if you feel like the events really haven't been interesting you or whatever, please come talk to Jackie or I because we would love to help plan different events too. So that's the other way that we also try to include everyone is um, we have a planning meeting and, and if you want to plan an event, Jackie and I will co-plan that event with you. So you'll already have a, a, a buddy to help plan that event. Um, also too, we do retreats. We do retreats twice a year. Um, and that's just a way to kind of get deeper, uh, with each other and, um, to learn more about Christ. And one of them is, uh, kind of like a fun getaway weekend. And the other one is a teaching weekend, which is, uh, coming up in October and it's going to be awesome. Celeste, um, Jackie's cousin is coming again and she basically the last time she was here it kind of birthed the whole discipleship ministry because the whole theme for the weekend was um, be your best brave and that was actually what the Lord you know gave us courage to be brave and to say hey let's let's try out this discipleship thing so that's the other way that we try to connect every lady here is we have a discipleship ministry so if you are wanting to grow in Christ um, if you're wanting a, a one-to-one mentoring relationship where someone will pray for you and help you learn about the Bible and keep you accountable, 
then please sign up for discipleship. You can talk to Jackie or I about that. Um, and, and if you feel like you have something to get, like maybe you're just stagnant in your faith. Well, a lot of times when people, when you're stagnant and kind of dissatisfied and kind of like ho-hum or whatever, maybe it's because it's time for you to give. Maybe that's the time for you to grow. And maybe God is calling you to step up and, um, to disciple someone. So we also do discipleship. We, um, uh, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, we also have an email group um, where we can connect just kind of informally for prayer requests. But I just wanted to say, too, that not everyone has email, and we recognize that. So we have all of our activities printed out in the lobby, um, and we don't want this to be a single generational ministry. We really believe that, you know, God has placed every single one of you ladies here for a reason. So if you are, if you've been walking with the Lord for 20 plus years, we need to hear what you have to say. If you're new in Christ, we need to hear what you have to say too, because God is going to give you a special vision and passion for Christ that maybe some of us who have been a little further down the road aren't necessarily aware of yet. So, um, I guess I just want to encourage every lady here, if you've never been to an event, we really prayerfully this year, we really, really, really want to see everybody go to at least one thing. And we want it to be about Christ and we want it to be about connecting. So our, our goal, our, our vision is that any lady that walks through the door will be able to be connected. No one no one here should wonder, oh, how do I make friends and how do I get to know people? Every other month we have fellowship events for you guys to meet people. And through discipleship, you can have someone who will pray for you, call you, follow up with you and whatnot. So I guess that's all I have to say. But, you know, Jesus is awesome. So come on out to the women's ministry. That's awesome. We also have, have a, a men's ministry. We do a retreat in, in the winter, and that's actually going to become more organized in the next year, and there will be some, some events uh, for the men as well, I'm, I'm sure. Pray about that. It's coming. It's coming. I see, I see it coming down the road. Uh, next, I'd like to invite Jesse Davidson up. I, I grew up on a lake, Secondaga Lake, so... Yeah, Jesse, there he goes. I grew up on the Secondaga Lake, and so I call Jesse Jetski because he's fast and he turns quickly. He's an awesome dude. I'm so thankful God's brought him to the church. He's got a really cool vision. And Corey and I, Pastor Corey and I, have been talking to him about a new kind of ministry, bringing some things together that he's going to share with you. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Good morning. And uh, it's a beautiful day out, even if it's raining a little bit. So can everybody hear me? Okay. I, I have a problem with this because I tend to talk so loud. I'm always concerned. I'm going to, I mean, I'd probably be louder without the microphone than I would be with it. So, uh, so. As Pastor Nate said, we're, I'm kind of starting a new ministry here. One is kind of a, sort of on the, the fringes that have kind of always been here, but has not. We, we see a larger vision for what's currently going on. So we're, uh, we don't have a real official name for it. Something around, you know, super awesome, new life fellowship, you know, uh, first impression team or something like that. So, but really what it is is that a first impression that people get when they come in the front doors of the church. That's really what the focus of my and my vision is for uh, the, the new ministry that we're trying to bring out. Um, because, as most of you guys know, and, and ladies, sorry if I use guys for everybody, I apologize. Okay, so the idea is that from the moment that you pull into the parking lot until the moment you fall into the sanctuary, there's a lot of opportunities we have to help draw people in and get to know people, right? 
So I grew up in the South. I grew up in Arkansas. So family for us is really, really important. Okay? Uh, I do have a little quote here. Found this online last night. It says, The bond that links your true family is not one of blood, but of respect and joy in each other's lives. Okay? So a lot of us are not blood relatives, but we're all family once we walk in the doors. And that's really what we want for this ministry. We want somebody who's brand new coming into the, uh, in the parking lot and they're working their way in the front doors to feel like family the moment they walk in. And what I'm trying to do and what my vision is, is what are all those steps from that point to this point that we can make them feel like family? That's really, really what we're trying to do. Now, unlike the quote I just said, in some ways we are connected by blood, right? Jesus' blood has connected all of us together, and that's really what ties the core of us together. So now we just need to express that to the people as they're coming in the front doors. Uh, so how do we want to do this? All right? So from Ephesians 4.16, it says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So trying to get is a group of people together, and, and, and not just a group. We're going to have a core group of people that their mission, their goal is to try to bring that family to everybody as they come in the front doors. But it's really going to take all of us, right? We're all a family. So I don't know about you, but I know when my family struggles, my first response is to go help them out. Now, what does that mean? That means uh, this morning Eva was greeting at the front door. She starts to get overwhelmed. Well, just because I'm not on the list to be the greeter that morning doesn't mean I can't go help her. Or, hey, we're going to maybe start doing parking attendance. Parking attendance getting overloaded. Hey, I can go help and do parking attendance. I can go help clean a bathroom because the toilet just overflows. You know, hey, the, the creamer's out, so I'm going to go fill it up because this is my house, and I'll just go get in the fridge and rummage through all the food and get whatever I need, right? So the idea is that even though we have a core group that that's kind of their mission, we as the church, as a family, are going to just pick up that torch as, as it needs to be, as we see the need on a day-to-day basis and on this, especially on Sunday morning, but just as the general need comes out there. That's really what our overall goal and our overall mission is. So there's two ways of doing this. I'm either going to stand up here and say, hey, I would love to have volunteers. But I'm not a big fan of that myself personally. I, as we go through this and as I get to know people, you can kind of see where people's strengths and weaknesses are. So my real goal is, is I'm going to go say, hey, Rick, we have a need. I would like for you to help fill that need. Would you be willing to do that? Hey, Jeff, would you be willing to help fill this need? Right, so what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to, as I get to know you guys better and better over the years and over the months, or as other people get to know you, or if you know somebody who has a strength or a weakness, let me know. Hey, I think this person would be great to help with the hospitality, help do parking lot, help be an information desk. We're talking about maybe doing an information desk where people come in the door and you can help point them in the right directions and that kind of stuff. So these are the kind of the ideas and the visions that we have. If you have ideas for me, I would love to get those. Um, You can uh, email me here at the church, actually, at serve at New Life Fellowship. Um, and, and I'll take those ideas in, and we'll try to incorporate those the best we can, and, or just the flow of the church, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of things we're thinking about right now. So that's kind of the, the, the new mission that we're trying to bring on here, just trying to get the people that feel very comfortable from the moment they walk in the door until they walk into the sanctuary where Nathan gets to take over and, and do, his, uh, do his duty on them. So, all right, thank you very much. <clears throat> It might seem unspiritual to you super spiritual people to think about these types of things, but it's not. Think about it. He brought us to his banqueting table, and his banner over us is love. 
He didn't bring us in and there was no food or table set up. You know, he, he showed us this love by providing the feast for us. And that's what we do with, with hospitality and with this ministry. Uh, it's a very spiritual thing to make people feel welcome, to integrate them into the family. So I'm really excited for what you're doing, Jesse. Um, very thankful. At this time, I'd like to invite our associate pastor, Corey. Uh, he's our pastor of worship and outreach. And he's going to be sharing what God's put in his heart for the coming year. Awesome. Oh, it's so great to be here. Um, so Ashley and I and our, our um, seven-and-a-half-month-ish baby, Haley, have been here. For, this is our sixth Sunday here. I can't believe it's, it's already six Sundays. So um, it's been great. And first off, before I do share, um, I want to just thank. Uh, there have been so many of you that have helped us move, help us, helped us with meals, helped us, you know, it's just little, little things that you've done, and I just want to thank you for how you have made us feel like this is our family, and, and I, this is a very hospi- hospitable church, and, uh, and I know that uh, as, as new people do come from the community that, you know, we just extend that same sort of spirit, and it's like, it's awesome to see what God does, and I'm just excited to um, see what Jesse, how Jesse, um, uh, uh, works in in that in that side of the church because it's exciting. I mean, it's important. We can't just you know assume the the coffee is going to be out and all those things are going to be done. So it's it's it takes all of us. But um, yeah, so I am the associate pastor here, and you've probably seen me mostly leading worship. But I also am going to be involved in another component of the ministry here, which is um, local and global outreach and missions. And uh, it's, both those things I'm extremely passionate about. Um, and uh, you'll probably hear me get excited just talking about, you know, anything from, uh, you know, a new worship song to, to just, you know, seeing somebody, seeing somebody, you know, sing during worship. I guess our daughter was singing really, really loud in the, in, the, in the worship this morning, and that was really fun to hear. <laughs> she was screaming, I guess. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I, I just, I, I love... I love the musical side of worship, but there's something about worship that... Um, there's so much more than that. It's, it's about a connection between what God is doing in our heart and life and us actually being transformed through that. It's not so much just a Sunday morning um, routine that we do. I mean, I don't know if you've ever gone to a church and they don't have a musical aspect of their, of their um, morning worship service, but uh, it's, it's not just that. It's, it's a tool that helps us engage, but my, my hope and prayer for us here at New Life is that it's, it's, it's something that we see as when we come and when we, when we sing, that through that, God, God does amazing things. He, it's like, it's not just this, we sing the words on the screen and, you know, the, we, we believe that they must be theologically correct, so we're just going to trust that and just sing them, you know, but it's, it's, it's more than that. It's about what we sing with our mouth and what we proclaim with our, with our mouth and with our hearts that God does things in our life. We, he transforms us. I believe he will heal uh, areas of our life. He'll, he'll restore areas of our life. He'll, he'll um, uh, you know, any areas of uh, stronghold or bondage that we may be experiencing. Um, those are things that I'm praying for, that we begin to see genuine, um, genuine uh, movements of the Holy Spirit that, um, that happen just through the simple act of worship. And that, you know, we'll be doing things like, you know, occasional worship nights where we can, you know, delve more into, uh, you know, the singing and, and that sort of, uh, and the prayer component of what worship is. Because, um, you know, on Sunday mornings, you do have a time constraint. You know, we've got football games and lunch plans and things like that. But on a Wednesday night, we don't have those things. So, 
we'll um, we'll just we'll be a little bit more free with that. But I think it's an important time to just feel like we can come and let God minister to us as we sing and minister to God with with uh, with our simple um, with the sim- simple simple act of of declaring His praises. Um, but that's my hope and prayer through worship. And, uh, you know, you probably, you know, see the band up here, and, you know, we, we look all refined and polished. That's what I hope anyway. <laughs> Sometimes it's not the case, but we just, you know, we're just all up here having fun. And it's such a great, great team of, uh, of musicians and singers here at New Life. But um, there's, there's so much more to, to what worship is than that. And, and that's, that's my vision for not just this next year, but over this whole time that, um, that God has us here, uh, has me here ministering. I'm just, that's, that's, that's how I want to, um, see God move. The other part of, um, the ministry I'm involved with, involved with here is, uh, local outreach particularly, and then missions will also be a part of that. But, um, it's it's something that's it's extremely uh, God's given me an incredible passion for, it, especially seeing the local church engage locally. Because I believe God plants local churches to reach the communities that they're planted in, and it's huge. Um, for uh, those of you who might not know me very well, I spent a few years in Australia as a as a missionary working with an organization called Youth, Youth with a Mission. And uh, it was really cool. Uh, had a had a lot of really great opportunities to lead in, in various outreach type settings and coordinate different things and to lead some teams into you know like you know areas like you know the you know 15 hours out in the middle of nowhere in Australia. You know, work with indigenous Australians. It was really really cool. Uh, and also went to Indonesia a couple of times. But I, I love it. I love going overseas and the cross cultural experience that you ha- you have there. But while I was there, God began to do this work in my heart to. See, uh, to, to realize that it's not having to go overseas or go, you know, around the world to feel like we are um, able to be an instrument of, of God and to, to advance the Great Commission, in a sense. Um, that happens here. It happens wherever we are. That's, that's, that's the thing that I felt like God taught me while I was over there, that, um, that to, to go back to the United States and to, to help in, in, the, in the local church setting to help individuals in all, because we like you have friends, you have family, you have neighbors, you have coworkers that none of us will probably ever meet. So you have like your own mission field of unreached people right there, and uh, and that's huge. I mean, as much as I love those mountaintop experiences, you know, being up there and doing some really cool things, the ministry is in the valley where it's not so fun, and and it's you know it's it's kind of the day to day kind of stuff. Um. And, uh, and that's what my passion is, is to see people come alive in that sense. And, uh, and that happens in our communities, where we are all the time. I mean, you know, Saratoga Springs is an extremely unreached um, part, of, part of the United States. You know, we, we have a lot of people who do great professionally, you know, have wonderful careers or, or, or whatever they're, they're doing with their lives here, playing golf. Uh, what, what, else, what else do people do here? Ride horses. <laughs> but... They need Jesus. I mean, I, I, it's hard. We have, we have a challenge here of, of, of overcoming that, that barrier of, you know, usually when people come to Christ when they're struggling or down, you know, like something, something major just happened in their life. But a lot of times we don't have that, you know, here. It's just everything's okay. So why, why would they feel like they need to, you know, 
come to Jesus in a, in a point of need and, and let him take over for their life. I mean, it's hard. And we have a lot of other, um, a lot of other uh, uh, issues with, with things like evangelism that make that hard. Um, but it, it doesn't have to be. It really is just persistence and just trusting the Holy Spirit and be willing to be used by the Holy Spirit in, those, in every situation that comes up. So what I, um, I will be uh, trying to work on over this next year We'll be um, doing things like um, uh, teaching uh, various classes on, on uh, a course called Becoming a Contagious Christian. We'll try to do this about um, at least two times a year, but my hope is to do it four times a year. This isn't something where I want, you know, just to see, you know, 10 or 15 people involved. This is the church. I mean, this is like what we're called to. Um, it's, it's not just this sort of secondary thing that we leave to people that we think are gifted in that area or called in that area or have time. That's not it at all. Um, in uh, Matthew chapter 28, there's a uh, verse. Many of you will know this verse. It's, the, it's what we call the Great Commission. Jesus is uh, talking to his disciples before he, he um, leaves them. And he says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's what church is all, that's like what we're to do. That's like, that's the thing. I mean, we've got programs, we've got things we do, but it all comes back to how are we doing at what we are called to do, and that is to make disciples. That is to go. That is, it's, it's, it's not just this, this sort of secondary thing we do when we have time. It's, it's like the thing that we are to do. And uh, another section of uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 5, um, this is a p- part of the Sermon on the Mount, which is uh, a really famous um, uh, sermon that Jesus delivered. And um, this is a passage from that. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, and that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Um, it's, it's, not something that we, it's not something that we just sort of leave for these, these individuals that we, th- you know, the Billy Grahams or the, those types of people that we think we know. It's, it's all of us. And it's like, it's, a, it's this idea of, of simply just trying to impart the love of Christ to, to our neighbor. And it doesn't require us to get on a soapbox and preach on, on Broadway or something. I mean, that probably wouldn't go over very well a lot of the time. But something we're going to be doing here at, um, over the next year are various projects. Like we have our fall festival coming up in a, in a, a month or so, um, and that's going to be awesome. And if you haven't heard much about that or uh, it's your first year where they've been doing it, which I'm in that category, but I'm excited. Uh, we need everybody to help with that. Basically, it's going to be us welcoming the community here. We're going to be putting on a great event. with uh, we got, We're going to have a petting zoo and a bunch of other different cool things that are... It's, it's, it's going to be exciting, and it's going to be a way for us to let the community know we are here. We want them to feel welcome and invited to join us um, here. And, and that's, that's really important. We need to all be able to, to help uh, serve in any way that we can for that. But in addition to things like, like those big events, we're going to do a lot of what, what I uh, call um, kindness evangelism projects. We're just going to do you know, really simple things, you know, put on community car washes where it's free and 
the idea is that the community comes, not people, not, it's not like a free car wash for you. It's, it's like for us to serve, and, and, uh, and that's important because apparently some people didn't get that at, at, at this pre- previous uh, position that I, at church that I was at, and they'd come and get their car washed. And I'm like, no, we're here serving the community. So, um, but it's, it's really how can we show the love of Christ to our neighbor in a practical way? And, you know, there'll be so many different things we can think of to do that. And I'm open to ideas because, you know, you've been plugged in here so much longer than I have, and you know what ways can be done to really, and, and cheaply and, and uh, in, a, in a, an affordable way, but really just a way that can, can, can um, show someone that, you know, hey, this is just to show that Jesus loves you in a real practical way. And honestly, it goes so far. I mean, you'd be surprised. You don't have to, you don't have to know Romans Road. You don't have to know all, all those scriptures and have an apologetics degree to be able to share your faith. Those things honestly get in the way. It just takes you being willing to do it. And, and we'll have a lot of those different projects. I'm hoping at least once a month, but we'll just see once we can get things going and, and planned and organized and things like that. But they're not going to be a big deal on a Saturday morning for an hour or two where we'll walk around the mall handing out, you know, uh, flowers, you know, on Valentine's Day, that, that kind of stuff. It's nothing, nothing crazy. It's nothing, you know, that you have to have a special gifting to do. But it's a really cool way to just sort of step out of our comfort zone and do it. Um, and then, and in that, realize that, you can do that on your own, too. You don't have to do it on a church, you know, sponsored event. I mean, you can do those types of things all day long. You know, see, you know, your, your neighbor needs help mowing his lawn, or you, you, need, you, you, um, you know somebody who um, could have some help doing something else. Or I, I don't know. I mean, the list goes on and on for what potential there is. It's really us just being available and, and willing. I mean, you see a lot of what Jesus' ministry was, was him on the way to somewhere else when someone interrupted him. But he stopped and helped them, and he stopped and ministered to them, and showed them his love. And that's all we are really doing in this, in this regard. Um, so I think that was all I had. I'm sorry, that probably went way more than my time. But yeah, so um, we got a lot of really cool things coming up for outreach and missions. Um, but uh, it's, it's going to be something that we're going to be doing as a church, not something that, you know, we, we want to just you know, leave for, you know, those who are paid or those who have time or those seem to really be interested in it. It's, it's, it's the main thing. And, uh, and I really believe that New Life has an amazing opportunity to really impact um, our city in, the, in this area. So, so let's, let's just pray for that. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. I don't care how long that took. That was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you, Corey. Um, and that's our district superintendent. David Lynn, he said, New Life Fellowship is poised to really impact the community. And we've been trying to put things in place as the Holy Spirit leads us to make sure that we are faithful to do what God's calling us to do at every step of the way. So we're so happy to have Corey and the vision that he has. Uh, I'd like to invite Jen up, and, and then Jen and Greg will come up also uh, to share about uh, the children's ministry. That's what Jen is covering, and, and her and her husband are actually uh, over the youth ministry. So it's very exciting to have them working on this. And we're very glad to have you, Jen. Thank you. So I am super excited about taking on children's family ministry. <laughs> um, we've really just got a great vision going, which over the course of the summer has been so affirmed and confirmed by God in so many different ways. And maybe I'll share that faith story next week when we do our moving up. But 
just know that the vision has been put in place and, and like I said, been confirmed and affirmed in, in huge ways. So God is totally moving in this ministry, and I'm super, super excited. And part of that is just having really welcoming classrooms with our teams of teachers in place this year. Our, our teachers are very excited with what's coming along. They've got really great things in place for our children. They've got welcoming classrooms with their vision in place to really build relationships with the kids this year, to go deeper into the curriculum, to really start making disciples, not that they haven't been, but to really make disciples of our kids, to really not just throw stories at them, but to really delve deeper, to build relationships, to build the kids' faith, to build their relationships with God, to, to take things to the next level. Um, they're super excited about doing that. They're working on the, the team aspect of working together, of talking with each other more than they have in the past, of really just bringing that experience, kicking it up a notch, and just having a huge faith-building experience for our kids, which is super important. It's, it's really important that we not just say, hey, here's a great story, Let's build on that to really say, hey, here's your faith in action. Here's what we need to be doing. And so we're really excited to be launching that this fall. We are also, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I, and, and not just for our older kids, but really starting in the nursery and carrying that through for everybody and carrying that on with our youth group, which we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and really what we're also expounding on this fall is making sure that our teachers are using their God-given gifts and not just playing on the curriculum, but really saying, what are your gifts? Is it music? Is it games? Is it drama? And really encouraging them to take what God has given them and use that in the classrooms creatively, not just relying on curriculum each week, but saying, hey, if you're musically inclined, do music this week. If you want to do drama, build on the drama. However, because kids don't just learn by sitting there, they learn by doing. And so we're really excited to have so many different gifted people in the classrooms. And I just want to encourage you, if, if you're somebody who's thinking about being in the classroom in any respect, whether it's on a rotating basis with, with the other teachers, or if you're somebody who's maybe just saying, hey, I'm not really sure I can commit to that, but if you need somebody, um, at the last minute, if you see me looking crazed when you walk in on Sunday morning, that's probably because somebody, you know, a lot of our teachers are parents. They have kids who get sick at the last minute. And so, again, if you see me looking crazed, it's because I'm going, I need somebody. Um, please, you know, think about just being in there to talk with the kids. Discussion is often the greatest way that they learn. And we need people who are willing to just go in and sit and have a discussion or sit and go in and sing for a week or say, hey, here's a story that we can easily act out this week. Who's willing to do that? The costumes are all there. Everything's there. So I would just encourage you to kind of look at the gifts that God has given you and, and see if maybe that's something that you would be interested in doing. We always need people to add to the ministry. And that might just be something that maybe God is putting on your heart to do, either on a rotating basis with the teachers that we have, or maybe to be one of those last-minute people that 
can come in and say, hey, do you need somebody this morning? Or I noticed I'm looking at the schedule. You have this blank in a couple weeks. I'd love to fill in. So I would just encourage you to kind of take a look at that. Again, it's, it's a, an amazing ministry with, at this point, 100 kids, and the ministry is growing. So we need everybody to kind of participate in that, and it, it's exciting. The kids are amazing and awesome, and um, everybody's gifts can be used in, in the ministry. So in addition to that, what we have launching this fall are our family activities, which Nate and I are super, super excited for. We have a lot planned for you guys, including things like today with homecoming. We're not just going to have lunch. We have a ton of games planned. It is drying up out there. I know you guys can't see it, but the sun is trying to poke through. And so we, we want to bring just family fellowship time. We want to encourage families to get to know each other, to encourage each other in your walks of faith. It's not just the kids kind of doing their own thing and the adults kind of doing their thing. We're all a family. We're all walking together on our journeys um, in our faith, and we need to be building each other up and encouraging each other. And the kids need to know that they can come to adults that are other than their parents, and they need to know that they can come to you guys when they can't come to their parents. And so we really want to be building those relationships. It's all about that this fall. So we're going to be having things like today where we're doing the games and stuff. We're going to have movie nights Nate's assured me that at some point he really wants me to do karaoke, so karaoke night. Unfortunately, you may be treated to me singing at karaoke night. If that's what you want, we will do that. Um, movie night, karaoke night, game night, I don't know. We're open to suggestions, but you don't have to be a mom and dad with kids. You can be grandparents. If you're here, you're part of God's family, you're part of our family, we really want to be, be doing these family fellowship type things. In addition, we do have some um, things on the agenda where it's not just all fun and games, but it's also encouraging families with discipleship making at home. Everybody's busy. There's, there's a lot going on. But we want to make sure that we're supporting you and what you're doing at home to teach your children um, about God and to teach them how to walk in faith at home as well. It's not just here on Sunday mornings that that should be happening. So we want to encourage and support you in what you're trying to do at home as well. And there's also a lot going on here in the building. If, if I can put my patient pants on like I tell the kids and, and kind of wait for those things to happen, I would really like to start a library where we can exchange things, parent resources. I know a lot of you go through different things uh, during different stages. And we can help each other out with that, as well as support our kids with music, movies, books. There's so many influences of the world out there that that's where our kids are getting their material. But let's, I would really like them to be able to have things here that they can pull from and help each other with, exchange those things here. I know that's down the road because there's other things that need to be done first. But if anybody has an interest in helping me with that, that would be great. However patience. There's other things, but we'd also like to do some more things in the hallway to make that welcoming and kid-friendly, things like that. That's the vision for the program. It's coming, but we're really excited that these things are on board. So if you'd like to help in any way, call me, email me, talk to me. The vision is here, and God is really moving in this program, so I'm really excited about that. Come on up. We'll talk about youth group. Hi, I'm Greg. Uh, all week long, Jen's been reminding me what I'm supposed to say about youth group, and uh, I said I got it, 
And then uh, I forgot all what I was supposed to say, so I'll just say this. Um, <laughs> that wasn't the reason. I just forgot. Um, <laughs> the reason, uh, what I want to say first is I've been doing the middle school class uh, for this whole past school year, and we had... <laughs> Thank you, but the patient's pants that Jen was talking about are wearing thin on my pants. So um, anyway, and then we had... Uh, uh, last week, we were able to get some of the high schoolers and middle schoolers up to uh, Scroon Lake for a day, and I do have to say, I just wanted to mention to all the parents out here, uh, this is a really impressive group of young men and women. Uh, this church, I don't know if it, it's the water we drink or what it is, but these kids are really amazing. So uh, youth group is going to be Thursdays at 7 to 8.30. Um, here at the church, 7 to 8.30 on Thursdays here at the church, and uh, that'll be regular youth group. In addition to that, we're going to try to do some things outside, some projects or some uh, activities for the kids to get together in a setting outside of, of the church and try to maybe build some relationships that way. But uh, I think that's all I was supposed to say, but if I didn't, I'm sure Jen will finish, and I hear the kids calling me, so I'm going to go back there. Just really quickly, um, with, with Greg working with the class and stuff, um, the kids really have a heart for service. So one thing we're going to be working on is some service projects with the kids. They are really excited to be involved in things like that. They are looking to get involved in things here at the church, so we are going to be doing some things like that. All in all, we're super excited to work with the group. They, like I said, like Greg said, they're an awesome group of kids they are just looking for ways to get plugged in. They have a heart for the Lord already, so we are very excited to work with them. We are looking forward to working with the parents who already have volunteered some time. But again, if, if God is putting on your heart to maybe get involved in some way in the church, there is a need. The group right now, if you were to walk out, um, Mr. Chandler will tell you, there's about 20 kids sitting in the lobby right now for middle school class, and that doesn't even include the 10 or so high schoolers that are going to be part of the group. So it is another area to plug in if you're looking for somewhere. Again, we're just super excited for the vision that God has set forth for that program, so I would just ask you again to, to pray for the children's ministry, the family ministry, and the middle school, high school, youth group ministry. There's a lot going on, and God's totally moving in the program. So thank you. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> I don't know about you. I kind of want to hear more from Greg Veach. That was awesome. I really, really like it when he shares a lot. Wow. So there are two things that bring people together like nothing else in church. One is serving together. Serving together really brings you together in relationship. And two is karaoke. Um, it's, uh, I'm telling you right now, it brings people together in amazing ways. What do you think the number one karaoke song is? What do you think? Betty, no, no, no. Nope, that's like number 25. Sweet Caroline is, I think, number three that I saw. Don't Stop Believing. Just a home down girl. It's coming, yeah. And, so, <laughs> and uh, all that low-hanging fruit, we're going to play all those and get, pe get people up who you'd never expect. We're going to have a good time as a family. As you can see, our heart is just, our collective heart is just bursting 
with what God is doing. It's uh, amazing to be a part of. It's really exciting. I'm so thankful. Jesus died. Jesus, God in the flesh, so that you could come right to God with no, nothing holding you back. Your sins, your present issues you deal with, the grace of God covers those things and brings you right to the Father. Um, he's your Father. He did this because he loves you. He loves to hear from you. You parents of um, students, high schoolers who've gone off to college, you like to hear from your high schooler, right? You like to get that phone call that says, yeah, I remember you exist, even though I have this amazing social life now. Well, God loves to hear from you. He really does. He died so that you could have this relationship with him. He rose again to give you a new life in Christ. Talk to the Father. See how he wants you to plug in. It's exciting. Uh, it's one of those times where I think, just jump on. Just jump on. You hear something that, that God's really piqued your interest with? Jump on. We're going. We're moving. God is at work. Build your kingdom here, like that song says. I love that song. Did we mention we're feeding you today? We're feeding you. Isn't that great? Don't you love food? Um, Ed Kowaleski and his crack team of culinary professionals have developed a, uh, a menu that is sure to change your life, especially when coupled with karaoke. So, so I wanted to share for just a couple of minutes about uh, what I'm really passionate about in the coming year as your, as your senior pastor here. Um, some of you know Jackie, my wife, is out of town at a family wedding right now. And so I, she has Cohen with her, but so I have Olivia and Elias all to myself, five and three. And I'm real, I really enjoy that a lot, even though it's really tiring, because they pay attention to me when she's not around. And um, it's, I just cannot wave my arms enough to get their attention. I'll be in the room with Jackie and the kids, and Olivia will be like, can I have more cereal? And I'll be like, yeah, I can get you more cereal. Mommy, can I have some more cereal? Mommy, can I have... I'm like, I'm right here. And then Jackie says, you know, there's another parent in the room. Daddy, can I have some more cereal? Yes, I'd love to give you more cereal. I'm your father. So I'm really enjoying this, uh, this time with my kids. It is fantastic. We had John Terrio over yesterday for, for coffee, and John, um, you know, got everyone wearing the same color shirt, and we put, like, things in our hair. Olivia loved it. It was great. So we're having a good time. But uh, the other night on Friday, a couple days ago, we had this idea to have a camp out in our backyard in the wild wilderness of our backyard. So we built a bonfire, we, we set up the tent, put out the sleeping bags, and we were uh, roasting marshmallows and uh, hot dogs and baking beans and stuff. And uh, the fire died down, so Olivia started to roast her hot dog, and the ember from the wood just popped out, and it got caught in her long blonde hair. And it was, it was like, I didn't know what was wrong. She was just screaming, it's burning, and I couldn't see anything. I couldn't figure out what it was. And I was totally freaking out, um, trying to find out what it was. Finally, I realized the ember was caught in her hair, and I had to, like, shake it out. But she ended with uh, second-degree burns on her shoulder, which are treated and are healing really nicely. But you can imagine, as a, as a father, in that moment, it's, it just breaks you. It just breaks you. <laughs> Seeing your kid in pain like that, you know? Wow. It's, it was awful. Uh, I know it wasn't my fault. Everyone tells me it's not your fault. I know that. Our camping trip was ruined. We, we slept in the house. We, we had uh, bandaged it up and, and took care of her. But that experience definitely tenderized my heart. And I think any parents can recognize what it's like to have your heart tenderized um, 
All I could think about in that moment was how precious Olivia is to me and how I just want to let her know how much I love her and spend more time with her. Just, it all just came flooding in in that moment. And, and it's funny, you know, pain like this, and this is a very minor story. This is not like large-scale pain, no big deal, an ember from a fire, no problem. Uh, pain like this does tenderize your heart. And the most important things in life come to the forefront when we are in the pressure cooker of pain, when things are falling apart, this used to be steady, uh, when we lose a loved one, when something unexpected happens, it just tenderizes us. It gets us to this really heart level, and we really see what is really important. Uh, at the end of people's lives, it's been said many times that though they may have been obsessed with saving for retirement and accumulating uh, a boat or something to their hobbies, possessions, whatever it might be, uh, at the end of people's lives, it's the relationships that matter to people, not the things that they did or they accomplished. Because at the end of your life, everything comes into focus. What's really important? The relationships. The relationships. And if you've spent your whole life uh, cultivating relationships with your family and friends, you're surrounded by people on your deathbed who love you. And if you haven't, that realization hits you like a ton of bricks. I'm alone. (laughs) And uh, that's something that no one wants. In all the poll numbers, by all the people that keep track of this stuff, um, all the polls that are done, uh, Americans are incredibly isolated people. We really are. We're people that have become more increasingly isolated and lonely uh, in, in the modern age. And it seems like that shouldn't be the case, but it is the case. And I think uh, that we have this impulse in us called sin and death, you know? It's just something that, even as Christians, you know, the flesh, whatever it might be, is trying to pull us towards the path of least resistance, towards the easiest path. And it's pulling us towards isolation, towards being al- alone and not being in relationship. And I think that that's the, that's the best place for our flesh to be. It's easier. And some people are fine without those relationships. They seem to be until something happens. And then they think, geez, I could really use some friends right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything comes into focus when something sort of traumatic happens. Um, because that impulse to just, to, towards isolation that, you know, your flesh and the world is pushing on you, it's just so, e- so much easier to not make yourself known to other people, to not share who you really are with anybody. Um, but truly, isolation is a living hell for people that are, are in it, for people that are lonely. The pattern I see in America is that we are ultra busy, doing a million activities career-wise for ourselves and even many things for our kids, which, you know, feel very noble. But in the midst of all of this frenetic activity, that's what this kind of picture symbolizes, the frenetic activity of life, um, we are increasingly feeling isolated as a people. Now, why is that? You know, we shouldn't be, um, we shouldn't be this way. We were created for community, but we tend to slouch towards being seriously over-busy loners. And even people that seem to have a full life, they feel like they are alone. We many times rationalize how busy we are, look at comparing ourselves to other families. We're not as busy as those people, you know. Uh, how could we even live if we cut things out of our life, we think to ourselves. You know, it's not possible. But remember, it's only in the last 100 years that life became like this. And I'm not, I'm not hearkening back to the good old days and saying that a long time ago it was better in every way, nothing like that. But I will say 
that, interestingly, the transportation revolution, being able to drive anywhere and fly anywhere you want to go, and the internet in the 90s have really flattened out the world and changed us as a people. Everything has actually gotten easier. Everything's gotten a lot easier. We can get information in a snap. Uh, we, can, we can visit people in California later today if we want to. Everything's gotten easier. But interestingly, all of these modern conveniences have not actually stimulated authentic relationship, which is what we need, but have for us and for our flesh that sin and death impulse become for us an easy way, uh, a lazy way, in propping up a false sense of community that isn't real. In Genesis 1 and 2, God's cr- God creates the world, the author, the creator. And he says, after everything that he creates, it is good, it is good, it is good. So what is the one thing before sin and death entered the world that God said was not good? He said, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. It was not good for Adam to be alone. And it's not good for us to be alone. It's bad for us. God created us for community. And the associate minister of the church, when I was talking to him this morning, reminded me, the Trinity is a community. God, Spirit, Son, uh, working together in, in a mysterious unity. Uh, three gods in one. Even the Trinity is a unity. Everything about God tells us, and especially in his words, pre-sin, pre-fall in creation, it is not good for men and women to be alone. We were designed for relationship. Today we're kicking off our series on the book of Acts. It's a light kickoff. We're not really going deep into the scripture or anything today, uh, I promise. And we're also kicking off our small group ministry for the coming season. It's not any coincidence that we're doing these two things at once. The book of Acts is also called the Acts of the Holy Spirit, and the book we're reading is called River Dwellers, Living Life with the Holy Spirit. So these things are connected. And we've set up uh, these groups to do community together, to learn together, to create authentic relationships together so that we can become healthy and become the people God is calling us to be. Um, We are the loneliest people in the world, according to people like George Gallup Jr., God has created a way for us to get that community that we need in a modern age that has taken it away from us, and that's the church. We're going to look at Acts 2, 42 to 47. We're going to skip ahead in our series. If you could put that up on the screen for me, Paul. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is the early church. And to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved Notice what the people did in the first century. They met regularly in the temple courts. They prayed together. They listened to teaching. They saw many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. And they also broke bread in their homes. That's a way of saying intimate fellowship in homes. They broke bread in their homes. Uh, They met during the week for fellowship, for prayer, and learning, and had the second connection besides just the temple where you see each other and have a cup of coffee or whatever they drank back then. I guess probably wine. (laughs) They drank it all the time, it seems like. Um, So there was a second connection where they met in these small groups during the week. And this 
created a healthy church, and God added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's what God did. So I really feel, I'm convinced, even though this passage is from the first century church, I feel that it's actually more vital than ever before because of the society that we live in now, which has trended towards isolation with all of these convenient and lazy connections we can make through mass transportation and through Facebook and having... I have like a thousand friends on Facebook. I must be really well-connected. Not necessarily. <laughs> Not necessarily. In fact, I think it's just a lazy excuse for a community. I mean, I like Facebook. I use Facebook. But honestly... Uh, it's a lazy excuse for community. It doesn't actually fulfill the need that God's given us at our creation to not be alone, to not be isolated. I have good news for you in the midst of the bad news of American isolationism, which is a totally different, to- different um, you know, <laughs> term used for something different, but the problem of isolation in America. The church is here for you. New Life Fellowship is here for you, and we want to actually create opportunities for you to have authentic community with one another so that you can become a healthy disciple of Jesus Christ so that we can fulfill the mission God has for us together. Um, New Life Fellowship has the goal of making fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. And Randy Frizee says in his book, the church is the one institution that has the function of community as part of its strategy to achieve its mission. And its mission is what? the development of people who follow Jesus Christ. That's what we do. That's what we do. It's our mission, developing people who are disciples. And so the church is here for you. In the midst of an isolated culture, we have felt called by God to create opportunities for you to, to develop these authentic relationships that really feed your soul, that God can use in your life. Um, we have a small group sign-up table over here. We have 13 groups. 13. I'm looking for each of you to sign up to be part of a group. I know you're busy. Everyone is busy. Everyone has good reasons to be busy. But this is something your soul needs. This is something your soul needs. Um, God created us for authentic community. So cancel something that's not as important as your soul. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, look at your life and say, what? It, I, can't, I, I could create two hours on a weeknight or two hours on a Sunday morning, or two hours on a Sunday afternoon uh, to fill into this thing that God is calling all of us to do, to become connected in relationship to others through shared learning, through prayer, through fellowship. I promise. This is what's good for your soul. We look at each other and we say, you know, it's, we're really busy, but other people are more busy than us. We really should be looking at our soul. How are we doing? How are we really doing? How are we doing? So make the time. Uh, if you can. These groups begin next week. The 18th through the 25th is when they're all launching. There are, like I said, 13 groups from Sunday through Thursday now. They all meet at different times and places, different leaders. You could sign up to be with a group that's geographically near you, and then those people are like your neighbors. Imagine that. You can have this village, town square experience that is all but extinct in American culture because we come out of our, you know, garages, and we go to Hanford on the go, they put the stuff in our trunk, we go up to, you know, this is our life. We drive back into our garage, we close the door, and then we venture out. We're isolated, right? And that's what our flesh likes. It's easier. It's just easier. So uh, this is an opportunity to build into these authentic relationships. 13 groups. Uh, we're going to meet for three months. We're going to end before Thanksgiving. I know you're all wondering about the holidays, but I'm asking you to commit 
to weekly meet with other Christians for basically eight, nine weeks. We're going to read through the same book together, River Dwellers, Living Life with the Spirit. As we're going through the, the Acts series about the Acts of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be learning together how to live with God in a way that brings life uh, to us and to the people in the world, our neighbors. So the books are available for, for $10. You can put the money in the basket, honor system. If you want to steal money from the book basket, <laughs> it's in church, that's fine, I guess. It's, but probably that's going to be hard for, some, for your conscience to deal with. Uh, and if you really need money, just ask me. I'll give you money. Um, and, and if you can't afford the book for some reason. But it's good. $10 investment. I find that people actually will, don't read something that's given to them ever. So your $10 covers the cost, but some of it. It's a little more than that. But it's really for you a way to invest in yourself. Invest in what God's doing in you. Uh, again, we tend to only invest in the things we invest our time and our resources into. So uh, some of the groups have kids. Uh, the, the leaders have kids. The Rowerts group is a good example of that. And if you have kids and you need child care, don't let it become a barrier, but look at the groups on the table. Figure out if some of them have um, children and you can like go, go in together on child care or something like that. There's all kinds of ways to, to swing it. But we're going to uh, I'm going to gather all the emails off the sheets this week, send an email out with the assigned readings and the questions you will be discussing next week. And this is going to be a great thing. It's going to draw us together as a church. Uh, it's going to be something that I think that you look back on and say, that kind of transformed my life. Not only did I grow in community with people, like-minded people, or trying to become like Jesus, I, I kind of plugged into the larger thing God is doing at New Life, and I tapped into something I didn't even know was available to me, the work of the Holy Spirit. I didn't get it. Um, I'd like to invite all of the small group leaders who are present to come forward. I didn't tell them we were doing this. And you're not sharing verbally. Don't worry. But anyone who's here, some people are not here, I just want to pray for you. And then we are going to break for uh, getting the food out. And after we, after we pray for these folks, I just want you to check out the small group table, buy a book, choose a night, and uh, we'll do this together. It's going to be a great thing. So if you'll join me in prayer, look at all these people. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I want to give you thanks for these small group leaders who stepped forward in faith to say, I have time for this. I can do this. I can open up my house and I can provide a place for authentic community, for a shared learning, for doing life together, not just on a Sunday morning. Um, I thank you for them, Lord. I pray that you would bless them I pray that you would fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit. I pray that they would have wisdom, that they would have encouragement, that they would feel uh, the work of your Spirit as they are leading these groups and facilitating them. Um, I pray your blessing on each of them, Lord, on their homes, children if they have them. And I pray, I pray for new life, Father, that as we take this step to provide something that is so needed in this culture and very much needed in our own church, that as we do this, God, you will make us into a healthy body of Jesus Christ and that you will add to our number daily those who are being saved. Father, we want to see people come to know you and we know that to do that, we simply have to seek you and make ourselves available to you. So we lift up your name, we praise you for what you've done and I pray that you would fill these groups and that we would together be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you, guys. You are dispersed to uh, play some games outside. Apparently, it's sunny out. We don't know.